up, y'all? This is John Lawrence with Anesthesia Guidebook. Today, I want to follow up on the podcast I just put out about best practices in precepting with Obina Odumodu with a short episode on one specific teaching technique called Demo Do. This simple little gym is super powerful and will accelerate the ability of your SRNAs and residents to learn and master what you want them to know. The way Demo Do works is that you, the clinical instructor, demo the skill or technique, and then you have the learner do it. It's as simple as that. But it's way more powerful than you think, which is why very few clinical educators actually utilize this precepting hack. This is actually a critical tool that too many educators blow right past. Whether you're a clinical preceptor, simulation instructor, or professor, you should intentionally build in demo do as a habit of your teaching. Before you hand your first year residents an anesthesia machine checklist and say, go for it, or before you tell the SRNA, all right, it's the first case on your first day of clinical, here's the laryngoscope, go for it, you got it. Before you give a more experienced learner a quick verbal rundown on an advanced skill like bronchoscopy or peripheral nerve block and then let them go for it, demo it. Demo the actual skill. Have them watch you do it first, then have them do it. You may be thinking that demo do is way too simple, like it's unnecessary or that your learners shouldn't need to watch you do something. Perhaps you expect them to have read about this already or watched a YouTube video or whatever, but don't underestimate the power of the demo do, especially from you, the one who will actually be teaching them in the clinical setting and giving them feedback on their technique. The demo do squelches the those who can do, those who can't teach criticism of educators. By demonstrating a skill or technique first, you're getting the chance to show the learner the correct or maybe the most efficient way of doing something and how you work through the actual kinesthetics of it. This gives them the chance to pick up on lots of little nuances that you might not even think to mention or you know that your induction sequence checklist doesn't include. Trust me, your learners actually need this. And when it's time to actually do this, you might again think, ah, this is silly. I don't need to do this. Maybe you won't actually do the demonstration. Maybe you'll just talk the learner through the skill and then just have them do it. Or, you know, maybe you'll like half-ass a demo or something. Don't do that. Demo the whole process. Trust the process. Trust the fact that your learners actually need this. You'll need to frame this for them. Tell them that while you know that they need and probably want to just get their hands dirty and start doing things, that they first need to watch you demo the technique or process on the first case, and that after that, it's their turn. Prime them on what to watch for, then demo the skill, then have them do it. And just to hammer that sequence home, to optimize the demo do, it's important to give them a primer on what you're about to do. Tell them what you're going to do, break the steps down, explain the process, then demo it in real time, like full speed on an actual case. Then have them do the skill or process. Don't neglect having them do the skill. The real power in this is the ability of an SRNA or resident who watched you do something to then immediately have the opportunity to do the skill themselves, like on the next case. It's not as effective to show them how to place the central line for the first time on a Friday afternoon and then send them home for the weekend and expect them to show up on Monday and drop a central line on the first case of the day. Demo the skill, then have them practice it as soon as possible. 
Just last week, I had a second year SRNA tell me that she's never seen someone intubate during her anesthesia training. That's remarkable if you think about it. This SRNA said even when she shadowed a CRNA before anesthesia school, the guy had her try to put the LMA in. She said she was super nervous, but the CRNA told her that it wasn't a big deal, that she should just go for it because, you know, she couldn't get it, then he would step in and, and put the LMA in. And so now here she is in her second year of anesthesia training, and she's the only person she's ever seen manage an airway. That's, it's completely wild. And then here's another story. This year, the class of first-year SRNAs asked me on the very first day of clinical during an orientation if they could watch me do a machine check and room setup. They knew the steps. They had practiced in simulation at the university, but they had never actually seen a CRNA do the steps. They had only muddled through the process for themselves as they were trying to learn it. So I did a machine check and room setup in real time without stopping to explain anything. I wasn't rushing just working through the process like I would if I had just shown up to work. They were floored. They picked up on so many things. It generated lots of questions and a couple of, oh, moments for them. It's amazing how common of an experience this is for SRNAs. Most SRNAs have probably never seen a CRNA do a machine check or start an A-line or work through an induction sequence at real speed. They've usually just been given the checklist, assigned the reading in the textbooks, and told to, you know, go do the skills themselves. Then they come under constant scrutiny from clinical preceptors on what they're doing wrong and how to do it better until they improve to the point of proficiency. But they've never actually seen an example. This is crazy. Are you seeing what's missing here? These anesthesia learners have never had the chance of watching an experienced anesthesia provider do the skills and processes that are central to being an anesthesia provider. And that is a problem in clinical teaching. That's a problem in precepting. That's like telling a chef in training, oh, you don't need to watch how, how to do this. You know, just read the book, study your notes, and then show up and cook the meal to perfection. That's ludicrous. Of course you would expect a chef to watch a master chef prepare a meal. There's so many things that go on that a learner has to, to watch and to pick up on from someone who's truly masterful at doing the process. That's probably why cooking shows are so popular <laughs> and why cookbooks are so boring. Uh, it makes so much more sense when we see someone do something that they're trying to teach us to do. We need to remember that as expert anesthesia providers, we have a lot to offer by showing our trainees how we do the things that we do. Not demoing these skills and processes for learners is a huge disservice to the learner. Now, you may still be thinking, why would I demo a skill when the SRNA could be doing that skill themselves? Am I not stealing the airway or the line from the SRNA? Don't they need all the experience they can get? Yes, they need to get all the experience they can, but we have to remember that the way they build skills and experience is crucial to putting the puzzle pieces together. Getting to observe an expert clinical instructor perform a pre-op interview a PACI report, an induction sequence, or airway management. At the times when the learner is ready to critically evaluate that process and understand what they're seeing can be a profoundly powerful learning opportunity. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of experiential education. If anything, I think CRNAs especially need to get better at handing over the reins and stepping back when they're precepting like way back, so that SRNAs can find their own groove, develop their own habits, and learn from their own inefficiencies and mistakes. All right, so here's the deal. 
I'm going to chase that rabbit for just a second. I'm going to rant for just a second about autonomy and clinical training. I know this is not about the demo do, but this is important. It's probably worth the whole podcast, but I'm just going to hit on it now for just a little bit. CRNAs are terrible at giving SRNAs autonomy. And I think there's two main reasons for this. The first is that many CRNAs want a case to flow exactly how it would if they were doing the case. So they micromanage the SRNA and tell them precisely how to do everything as if it was the actual standard of care. It's very easy to confuse our own preferences as anesthesia providers with actual standards of care. There's the way we're supposed to do things, whether it's standard of care, hospital policy, or surgeon preference. And then there's all the ways we bring our personal styles to what we do. And that is the art of anesthesia. Trainees can learn a lot from us showing them the art of anesthesia, but we shouldn't confuse the way we do things with actual standards. SRNAs often don't know the difference, so we have to be clear about that. I often hear from SRNAs that a CRNA told them that they should always do something this way or that way, when in reality, there's a lot of flexibility in approaches to the way that we all practice. Now, CRNAs are usually very well-intentioned in how they coach SRNAs from hard lessons that they've learned in their own careers, but I think we would do well to just think as we teach. Is what I'm saying actually standard or hospital policy or just the way I usually do things? Point out those differences along the way. Be clear about what is standard of care or policy and just your personal style of doing things. Show the SRNA where they can make up their own practice and style of anesthesia. Precepting is way more fun that way, and the SRNAs are way less confused and frustrated from saying, well, yesterday a preceptor told me that this is always the way that you have to do this, and you know, as if it was standard, and today someone's saying something completely different, and really they're just seeing the two different styles of two different preceptors. The other reason CRNAs are terrible at giving autonomy to SRNAs is that CRNAs often think that dividing up the things that need to be done is just a way to be helpful. Whether it's doing the charting or moving the IV fluids over when a patient comes into the room, helping set up the monitors or set up between cases or whatever. It's super hard for CRNAs not to be helpful, to just sit back and stay hands off. It's even harder when a CRNA sees something the SRNA could be doing but hasn't caught on to yet. That is the worst. But doing all of these little helpful interventions like turning the oxygen flows down or whatever isn't actually helping. I mean, sure, in the first few weeks of clinical, it's helpful, maybe the first couple of months, but then you need to step back. The only way for SRNAs to put the puzzle pieces together is to actually put the puzzle pieces together themselves. The only way for SRNAs to get better at time management, how to chart during a fast case or doing a fast turnover, is to actually do the task themselves. Now, they're going to be slow for a few cases or a few days, maybe even over a couple of weeks, but they're going to get better. We have to let people start where they are and work to get better at the skills and processes that we're expecting them to become proficient with. As preceptors, we can be supportive for sure, but we should be cognizant of when what we think is just helping begins to actually undermine the SRNA's progress. At some point, autonomy will teach SRNAs more than you can. At some point, autonomy will teach the SRNAs more than you can. You have got to step back. And obviously, 
All of this is the same for physician residents. I talk a lot about CRNAs and SRNAs because that is the world that I live in. But these same principles apply if you're a physician anesthesiologist training other physician learners. So don't get me wrong. I'm very pro-autonomy and pro-experiential education. Actually, a quote that I want to share with you is a theme of mine uh, when it comes to clinical teaching, and it's this. Tell me and I will forget. Show me and I will remember. Let me do and I will understand. Eh, Someone told me who said that, but I have totally forgot. (laughs) Uh, I think it's actually attributed to Confucius. Uh, But there's two important principles in this quote that I'm going to get at today. It's not all about let me do and I will understand. That is one lesson. That's about giving SRNAs autonomy to actually put the puzzle pieces together and to find their own flow. But the other part is show me and I will remember. And that's the demo do. This quote has a super special place in my own journey as an educator. Almost 14 years ago, I was a pretty new wilderness medicine educator. I had worked for school based out of New Hampshire for a couple of years and then joined the team at Landmark Learning and the Wilderness Medicine Institute of Knowles, which is now Knowles Wilderness Medicine. The very first course I taught with Knowles was a nine-day wilderness first responder, and I was paired up with the co-founder of this school, a giant in the world of outdoor education in wilderness medicine named Buck Tilton. I was super nervous to work with Buck. He literally wrote the textbook that we were going to use in class. The first time I met Buck was when I picked him up from the airport to head to the course location. As an impressionable young educator looking to make a good impression, I remember asking Buck on the drive if there were any tips or tricks or philosophy that he could share with me as I began working with the school that he co-founded. I didn't want to be too off base with teaching this course by bringing up old habits or teaching styles from the school that I had been working with. I was hoping that Buck would get into the specifics with me, you know, to break down the approaches to teaching the principles of wilderness medicine or his best tips for making improvised splints or maybe mistakes I should avoid making. But he said there was only one thing I needed to know in order to teach this course, and it was this. Tell me and I will forget. Show me and I will remember let me do and I will understand. And that was it. Over the next nine days, he helped me out a little bit with specifics as we taught together, but he stayed pretty true to emphasizing those principles. Don't underestimate the power of a good demonstration to an eager learner and then allow them to do the skill and practice as soon as possible after your own demo. And that is the demo do. Demo do remains a principle that Knowles faculty continue to utilize in wilderness medicine courses around the world today. Instructors explain what we're going to demonstrate, pointing out key aspects that we want learners to anchor on. And then we work through a very solid demonstration of the skills, whether it's a full head-to-toe physical exam or how to give a verbal report or build a splint. And then we have learners practice those skills over and over until they master the process. All with supportive feedback from attentive instructors. So I encourage you to build the demo do process into your clinical teaching. Try this out the first time SRNAs do any skill. Show them how to do a machine check. Show them how to do an induction. Show them how to position a patient and do laryngoscopy and intubation. Show them how to use a fiber optic bronchoscope or start an A-line or a central line or to do a labor epidural peripheral nerve block then have them do those things. 
and think about this not just as a teaching tool for the very first time a learner does something. It can be very powerful after a few weeks of practicing something if a learner steps back and then watches an expert provider do the skill again. So like a few weeks into clinical when the SRNA is more acutely aware of what they've been working on and improving their flow in terms of like the start of a case and induction sequences, have them watch you work through the sequence from pre-op through intubation again. So you do all the skills, full hands-on, have them step back and just watch. They're going to feel awkward about it. You're going to need to tell them, like, legit, I just want you to watch and pay attention to what I'm doing. Watching your flow in the OR at the start of the case a few weeks into clinical will really help them see the efficiencies that you've mastered over the years and pick up on sequences and the flow way better than just having them slowly and incrementally try to improve without seeing that expert example again when they actually know what to look for. So again, don't just think about the demo do as a technique for the first time someone learns something. It may be super helpful to you know give them a few weeks of experience and then come back and demo this skill again, and they'll likely pick up little things that they can polish. All right, so that is the demo do. Send me your comments and thoughts on this. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know if there's other things in terms of clinical education that you want to talk about, that you want to hear about. As always, I love hearing from you. Drop me a line, whether it's email, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And with that, I'll see you next time. Hey, y'all, John here. If you're digging the show, will you take a couple of minutes and drop a review of Anesthesia Guidebook on Apple Podcasts? Your comments and ratings help other people trust the show. Also, send a link to the podcast to your classmates and colleagues. Word of mouth is the best way for Guidebook to grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.